Greetings, friends, and welcome to this new episode of the Secrets of a Witch podcast, where I talk about life, love, healing, spirituality, magic, tarot, and everything in between. I am Sabrina Scott. This is my podcast. This is what I do. I've been a witchy human for more than 20 years, and my cat agrees. I don't know if you just heard that or cute little meow in the background there. And so this is what I do. This is my thing. And <laughs> today's episode, oh my God, is a bit of an impulsive recording, to be honest, with perhaps a little rant or two in here somewhere. And it's a rant that is starting because a friend of mine sent along or tagged me in I'm not even gonna name what it is but there are a cluster of different folks creating social media content uh, that critique quote-unquote healing culture and they talk about spirituality and conspiracies in kind of the same breath. So there's a cluster of people who are doing this. Like I'm not calling out one podcast or one person or one Instagram account. Like this is a larger movement that I've noticed in the past few years where people are grumpy. They're lumping all of these things together and uh, they are complaining. (laughs) We all know how much I love complaining, but you know, this podcast episode is going to be a bit of a rant about that stuff. So, you know, I think a little bit of ranting is, is okay. And I do think that there is a pedagogy of the rant. Like, I think there is a particular educational value in ranting, which I think is different from complaining. So that being said, what am I talking about? I'm talking about this cluster of thinkers, cluster of social media posters. And, you know, a lot of these folks have gone quite successful in touting this line and doing these complaints on the social medias and making memes, and being salty, and being cynical, and conflating things that are really not the same thing in order to seem superior intellectually, morally, perhaps spiritually as well. And this kind of bothers me because I believe in the importance of critique I do believe that it's important to analyze things. I think it's important to understand things from a lot of different angles. Like that's the whole reason why I have a master's degree. That's the whole reason why I'm working on my PhD right now is because I ultimately do believe that. I believe in the importance and power of knowledge and being better informed and the importance of thorough, intelligent research. I think that's crucial. And I think part of why I'm annoyed by these movements of, weirdly, it seems to be men who are doing this. I actually have never seen 
a woman thinker critique in this exact same way and before you think I'm saying that women don't do critiques because we're like soft flowers it's like no I don't think that's exactly what's going on I think actually a part of what's going on is a lot of these spiritual healing spaces are gendered in a way so even the listeners of this podcast 88% of y'all are women according to uh, the data I have from the podcast situation Uh, My Instagram is probably really similar and even just speaking off the cuff about my own professional practice as a tarot reader and spiritual teacher, I would say close to 90% of my clients are women. Do I serve folks of all genders? Absolutely. More than happy to. But for whatever reason, maybe it's because of who I am, how I present my information. It could just be this is who is interested in witchy spirituality in alternative spirituality it does happen to be women and so i think a lot of women find a lot of value in this type of spirituality and these types of healing practices and there's a lot of books i can cite that explain a lot of what that's about but i will not do that right now um so i find it very interesting that the backlash against these spaces of spiritual healing and reclaiming personal power and these people these critiques are like incorrectly conflating spirituality with conspiracy theories incorrectly conflating alternative healing methodologies with bullshit and quackery and cults all of which are their own thing <laughs> so let's not get it twisted those those folks making those critiques are often men I find that fascinating and I don't think it's an accident. I think there's a lot to be unpacked with that, which maybe I'll do a little bit of in this episode. Maybe not. We'll see how this rant kind of ambles along because rants can't really be planned. (laughs) Rants are just kind of an intuitive flow, right? So let's see how this goes. But this is something I've wanted to talk about for ages, but I've kind of been too frustrated too, because I do find it just enraging. It's like I almost don't know where to begin in critiquing these folks. Like one part of it is I don't want to draw more attention to them. Like if you don't know their work, I don't particularly want you to because it's fucking not that great most of the time. Um, I don't want to add clout to these people. I don't want to do any of that. Like I just don't believe in that way of engaging anymore maybe when I was younger absolutely the call out was a thing that everyone kind of did but right now I'm less interested in calling out specific people for being like not that smart and I'm more interested in calling out a larger movement a larger sway a larger cultural push that I'm seeing from a lot of different individuals in a lot of different ways right now because that is really what matters. What matters is not what like person A or B said or did specifically. What matters is, okay, there is a current movement right now where people are critiquing spirituality. They're saying that spirituality is kind of the same thing as conspiracy theories and just being a dumbass and not believing in science and blah, 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 which as we know is not true. That being said, of course, yeah, there is some interesting ways that some alternative spiritual movements are overlapping with conspiracy theories and with paranoia and with a lack of trust in the government, a lack of trust in other people. 
you know, and I had a lot of conversations with some of these folks during COVID because I was in some wellness business spaces and there was some anti-vaxxers up in there. Did I have some conversations with them? Absolutely, I did. And one of the most sad things that I learned during those conversations is that these folks don't trust anybody. Like I asked, you know, like what information would you trust? Like what would make you change your mind and make you believe that, yeah, COVID is real and vaccines aren't going to murder everybody. And the what I heard from these folks was they don't trust anybody. There's no source of information that they would find trustworthy. And that's its own whole thing. That's its own whole topic. But I feel like the saltiness of some of these critiquers comes from the fact that I think a lot of these men at one point fully bought into this stuff they fully bought into like the weirdo like hippy dippy in like a bad way forms of like spiritual cultism i don't mean occultism with an o i mean cultism with a c c u l t like cults like abusive psychological situations which is what cults are and i could do a whole other episode about that because cult psychology is pretty much the same psychology that we see in abusive families, abusive relationships, stuff like that. That's a theme for another podcast episode, so I'll leave that there for now. And so I think what I see with this bitterness and the saltiness and the cynicism and some of these critiques is a pain of being wrong, the pain of having something that you believed in turn out to be like a fallacy or a farce. And I think also some shame associated with that realization of like, oh no, I was hoodwinked. Oh no, I drank the Kool-Aid. Oh shit, that's embarrassing. And so interestingly, and I don't say this to pat myself on the back, but I'm saying this to make a larger point, which will become clear. I have never gotten sucked into any of these things. I've never got sucked into a cult. I've never got sucked into like unhealthy spiritual group. Like there was one instance when the group was a bit unhealthy. I left after a few weeks. Like it was pretty clear to me from day one. I was like, okay, bye. This is not the vibe. And so I've never gotten like totally hooked winked into a situation. I, given my history, would be like the perfect target for these like spiritual cult people like I have a wacky unpleasant bad childhood like I've been through various abuses that I've now healed from but when I was in my early 20s I definitely was not healed when I was in my late teens I definitely was not healed I would have been the perfect target for these people why did I not get sucked in and I don't think it's because I'm special snowflake or whatever like you know it happens to a lot of different people get sucked into this but I think Part of it is I've developed a spiritual literacy and I think for whatever reason, I've been able to develop the critical thinking skills to assess whether or not people are full of shit, to look at things from a bunch of different aspects of a situation. And so I do believe that group social literacy, literacy around what are healthy connections? What is like what is an intelligent spiritual teacher? I think the literacy around these things of assessing how do you assess whether someone is good or how do you assess whether this spiritual group is full of crap? 
I think our critical thinking skills as a society around assessing expertise have completely gone by the wayside. And there's a few books about this that I'd really recommend that are fucking great. One of them is called The Coddling of the American Mind. Can't for the life of me remember the name of who wrote that. Read it. It's awesome. The other great book on this, I think, is by a guy called Tom Nichols. I'm pretty sure. But the book is called The Death of Expertise. And so between these two books, you'll have a really good analysis of how and why we got to this point of people not being that intelligent and people not having a dis- an ability to discern between a fucked up weirdo cult situation and oh no this is like a normal healthy spiritual group and you can also read robert lifton's books on the history of totalitarianism and brainwashing and all of that and i could make a whole episode about what the fuck that's all about like the origins of that phrase he talks about and he also explains and the book is like a bazillion pages honestly you could murder someone with, with it it's like huge it's like a weapon in and of itself but it's a massive book and he explains the whole process and it's worth reading if you're curious about this it's his really really big old book from i can't remember decades ago but it's good read it if you're curious about all this stuff And so I think there has become like a lack of literacy around this stuff, not just discerning spiritual teachers. And you know what? I did get a request to make a podcast episode about this topic. Like, how do you discern what is a charlatan spiritual teacher versus someone who is fucking awesome spiritual teacher? How do you tell? How do you vet resources? Someone asked me to make a podcast episode about this. And I think I will at some point still. So, but the fact that someone even requested that to me, like, first of all, I'm glad they felt comfortable enough to request that. I think it's definitely needed and I'll definitely be recording that at some point. Um, but the flip side of that is the fact that that was asked shows how much of a problem this really is. That as a culture, at least in North America, we have forgotten how to discern. We're stop like people are stop being educated about how to discern who is an expert, who is not an expert. Um, I'll give you an example about this. So one of those uh, spiritual business folks that I was talking about, who was the anti-vaxxer that I was chatting with during COVID, she was like, yeah, there's this Harvard study that says that like vaccines are going to murder everyone. And like, there's so many people getting so sick from vaccines. And as someone who did have a adverse reaction to the vaccine, that was so bad that I ended up in Emerge. And yes, I am quadruple vaccinated, but there is fancy medication I have to take to prevent an allergic reaction. So having that conversation with me, me of all people, I do understand. Yeah, people do have adverse reactions. It happens. Is it that common? No. Am I a freak? Yes, I'm fine with that. So the study she sent me, she was like, oh yeah, it's a Harvard study. I looked it up. I read the whole study. I looked up who is this Harvard So she assumed that it was Harvard, the university, but it was not Harvard, the university. It was an insurance company that called itself Harvard. So think about it, right? So a lot of these anti-vax folks are basically passing around this quote-unquote Harvard study 
to try to prove their point. But of course, that study has nothing to do with Harvard, the esteemed university, which does have clout and sexiness. But it was an insurance company. And of course, an insurance company has a great financial benefit to making people afraid of vaccines. So they take out insurance policies and make claims. Insurance company makes money on that. So we have to be able to assess this stuff. And unfortunately, I think our school system in North America is getting worse and people are not getting taught those critical thinking skills. And I can even attest to that since I was a university professor for four years or so, I had my own course. So I wasn't a TA. I had my own course. And you know, I was basically told by higher ups, I won't uh, specify what those people's job descriptions uh, were, (laughs) because it's just fucked up. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But basically, what I was told by them was aim for zero student complaints. Students need to be happy at all costs. And so when I'm teaching a class of 250 students, to first and second years, that is basically an impossible thing. They're kids, they're going to complain. They're teenagers, they're going to be grumpy about something. And so to give you an example of, of that, what I just said, like that does show you the state of some universities right now. That is the norm and that is how students are being taught. And as an instructor, I was like, this is fucked up (laughs) because it wasn't that way when I was there as a student a decade ago, which is wild. And so when we're thinking about knowledge production and when we're thinking about university, when we're thinking about knowledge acquisition, right, learning how to look at a bunch of information, assess what information is trustworthy or not and why looking at where's the information coming from what are the credentials of the person speaking what are the credentials of the person teaching a lot of the time folks have forgotten if they learned at all how to use all this information to assess what is going on and it's really really unfortunate and it's really really sad and i think that is part of why we see these these situations where people get confused and get kind of sucked into spiritual communities or kind of like hippie consciousness whatever the fuck communities or groups because of their own idiocy no offense but it's true and i think sometimes that's just what happens i'm not saying it to shame those folks but i do think that like they just didn't have those tools to assess what they were stepping into or if they did they ignored it And so then we see these people who then feel shame for falling into some of these spaces. And then these people are now coming out with critiques that just make fun of everything, think all spirituality, and I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but they think all spirituality is a cult, all spirituality is a conspiracy, all anything spiritual, whether it's Reiki or auras or crystals or tarot, they think all of it is just an elaborate sham. And I see their hurt and I see their pain because that sucks. I get it. Like to feel that something that you really cared about and that you put your whole being behind turned out to be a bit weird. But I do think a lot of the time these critiques are throwing out the baby with the bathwater. 
Is it important to critique spirituality? Absolutely. Is it important to use our critical thinking skills? Absolutely. Is it important to embrace science and the reality of science and biology and all of that? Absolutely. Can science and spirituality coexist? Absolutely. I think they always will and always have. Is all spirituality an unhealthy cult? No. (laughs) And I'm sure you guys don't need me to tell you that. You're listening to this podcast after all, so I'm sure you are interested in spirituality in some way, in a genuine and authentic way. And I think what bothers me about a lot of these critiques is that they paint with too broad of a brush in a way that is not helpful. And it also shames people who are still interested in spirituality. It shames people who still find value in spirituality. And if we want to talk about science, there is a lot of science behind the value medically of spirituality. I could give you like a whole list of 10 books about that because a lot of my PhD is about that. And so do I think there's room for critique? Yes, but I also wish that it was less sexy in our day and age to be cynical. I am really sick of meme culture, to be honest with you, that is cynical, that is nasty, that makes fun of authenticity and vulnerability. I wish that we as a culture moved more towards curiosity, openness, not curiosity to the point where our brain falls out of our head. Because I think sometimes that's what we're seeing in the space that these critiques are talking about. Like, yes, fair enough. Some people's brains clearly have fallen out of their head or nearly so. I do see some of that. And don't worry, I am also rolling my eyes at the like white dreadlocked ayahuasca shamans, quote unquote, leading retreats wherever the fuck. I'm not about that. Uh, I think that whole thing is totally disrespectful in so many different ways that I'm not going to talk about in this episode. So don't worry, I have some of my own cynicism and my own critiques around this. I am definitely not an anything goes type of person. That being said, I do think that it's important that when we're doing critiques, we critique the right things. We critique thoughtfully. We critique with, oh my God, I don't even know how to phrase this, with positivity in mind. Ultimately, critique should be about helping people. That's my opinion. Sometimes people can't hear us, which is why I don't always give critique is because I know I will not be heard until there's no point. Fair enough. I want to live in a world where there is more curiosity, where there is more openness, but also where there is more rigor and depth of understanding and of research. And just Googling some stuff, like skimming it is not really research using our cynicism to propel our critique that everything is a cult is not thoroughness. That is not rigor. That is just cynicism disguised as academic, in my opinion. Does that stuff move spirituality forward? In my opinion, often no. 
One thing I think a lot of people right now forget is it's not just the spiritual space where there are cults. There's cults fucking everywhere. Political cults, we see a lot of that shit. Families, we see that. Abusive romantic relationships, we see that. Social justice communities can be kind of culty. You know, it's a thing. And so this dynamic is in no way unique to a very small subset of the spiritual landscape. And unfortunately, to speak just briefly on conspiracies and how these have changed over time, and I can recommend some great books about this. Um, I wish I could remember the names of them. Maybe I'll just do another podcast episode about that at some point. But one of them is like so good and it's the cover is orange and there's a bunch of speech bubbles on it. And I think the book is called like some people are saying or something like this. And the point of the book is to talk about how conspiracy theories have changed over the decades and how they used to be based on rigorous research, documents, data. And now it's just based on consensus. It's based on hearing something a number of times repetitively. So it must be true if it's repeated often enough. And of course, we can link that back to what I was saying before about the death of expertise and how as a culture in North America, at least, I think probably it's a global problem as well with the rise of social media and education systems falling by the wayside. A lack of ability to discern expertise, to assess expertise, whether it's there or not. Education is a big solution to this. Unfortunately, right now, anyone can almost like claim to anything. Like it's kind of crazy, like scams and frauds right now. So these skills are even more important than they've ever been. And when our spiritual wellness and our healing is on the line, of course, it's important as well. Anyway, I've like ranted long enough. It's almost been half an hour. So the TLDR is critique stuff, but don't be so cynical that you just throw everything out. That's kind of my opinion about all this stuff. Not everything is a cult. It's inappropriate to say that just because a spiritual system didn't work out for you or that you don't believe in auras or crystals, that it's a cult or it's a conspiracy. Total bullshit. That word is a specific word with specific meanings. Uh, I think it's important to look at why there is so much paranoia. And I think these critiques who think everything under the fucking sun is a cult in my opinion they have their own conspiracy theory as well where they also have this paranoia this extreme paranoia that they are seeing in the conspiracy theorists that they're critiquing so it's very much like pot meat kettle type of situation in my opinion Uh, I'm not a fan of a lot of these critiques. Have I listened to their work? Have I read their work? Yes. Am I impressed? No. Uh, Do I think they should be able to say what they want? Sure. It's a free country. (laughs) 
whatever. Um, but I do think a lot of the time they're doing more harm than good because their work is not as rigorous as it could be or should be. That's just my opinion. <sighs> Thanks for listening, friends. If you've actually made it this far, I appreciate it. If you have thoughts, feelings about this, let me know. Um, I'd be curious to know, and maybe I will do another episode or two about this if there's anything in particular that you want me to touch on because this is something that's been going on for years and uh, I have not spoken publicly on it yet. So this is kind of my first foray into that, dipping my toes in the water of critiquing the critics and critiquing their critiques in a bit of a ranty, somewhat disorganized, but also very heartfelt type of way. So thanks for listening, friends. This has been the Secrets of a Witch podcast with me, Sabrina Scott. You can say hi on Instagram at Sabrina M. Scott. You can check out my website at sabrinamscott.com. And of course, you can check out my clothing line at shopsabrinamscott.com. And I will catch you next time. Bye.